Welcome to Take Heart, where our goal is to give you hope, insight, and encouragement so you can flourish in your journey as a special needs mom. Each week, Amy, Carrie, and Sarah will explore a theme, share an inspiring story, a practical tip, and an encouraging blessing using our combined experience of over 30 years of parenting special needs children. Thank you so much for joining us today. So today it's December 22nd, and we have been talking about the topic of hope all month. Some of the things that we've discussed in our individual podcasts have been about how hope is never futile. It's never a waste of time. This time of year, I think a lot about Mary and how we as special needs moms actually have a lot in common with her. She knew fear. She didn't always understand what the purpose was in her son's mission here on earth. She had to trust. She received very startling news that she was going to have a baby before she was even married or knew a man. And she also stood by and watched her son unjustly and cruelly suffer. Yet it always surprises me that after the angel came to her to tell her that she was going to be the one to bear the Messiah, she says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. My prayer is that we will find such surrender in our journeys. So one of the questions I have for you, Amy and Sarah, today is how do we get to that place that we are able to surrender to God in our hard things? I would say for me, um, to get to that place you have to let go. You have to be empty first. And I, I don't want to say that. I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you think about Mary and all that was on her heart, and even when she went into the temple and Simeon said the prophecy over her, you know, that uh, uh, her heart would be pierced. Um, that, I mean, that right there, I, I don't know how she handled that and how she worked through not being afraid. But I think the way that we get to surrender is that we have to empty our own expectations. And for me, I know in my life as a mom of a special needs kid, or when I have bad news about something, sometimes if I'm being really honest, I only want one outcome, and I'm not willing to look for any other outcome. So that stubbornness in me doesn't allow me to surrender. I want the outcome that I want and that's, that's that. So before I can even surrender, I have to empty myself of my own expectations, my own fears, and the outcome that I want. And obviously, I don't need to say this, but God knows more than me. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> But for goodness. some reason, I feel like I know more than him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway... I guess I've noticed as I've had many opportunities to surrender to God, 
how that is my first go-to. I don't want this outcome. And I'd like to tell you that I have mastered this. I haven't, but I don't take as long to get there anymore, if that's an encouragement to somebody out there, hopefully. But just saying, God, you know the outcome, and I don't have to know it. Um, Because as we've talked in other podcasts, I can go down the trail of anticipatory fear and stress and what-ifs all day long. So learning to let go of, of emptying myself of that expectation so I can be filled with what he has for me. Yeah, that's really good, Amy. How about you, Sarah? I actually, I like to remember that nothing is a surprise to God. You know, sometimes our circumstances are so shocking and it is, we don't know how to handle it. I always fall back on that, that this is not a surprise to God. God is not surprised of what is happening in my life right now. And not only that, that he's proven time and time again that he has more trust and faith in my abilities than I do. So I, how many times have I said, God, I cannot do this. I cannot, I don't know how to parent a child with this disability or, or this mental breakdown that he happens or, you know, it's like, I don't know how to do this. I can't do this. And he continually says, yes, you can, because I can. So I always fall back on, I can surrender because I know he's taking care of it. Um, It's hard to surrender something when you think it's just going to fall through the cracks. And I think that that's how we as moms handle it. It's like, we have to handle it all. Because someone's going to have to do yeah. it. I mean, it just it needs or to caregivers. get right. It needs to get yeah. done. Um, God's not waiting for us to give Him permission to take care of it. It's we're not. We don't have to say, "Okay, God, I'm done." Well, sometimes we do. Sometimes I really think He's waiting for me just to say, "Okay, I, I concede. I'm done." <laughs> he's yeah. waiting patiently for me to do whatever it is that I think that I'm doing. But yeah, I just it's. Just knowing that it's not a surprise to him and that he also has more faith in the way that I, in my capabilities than I do. Yeah. And he has given you the Holy Spirit and the strength to, given right. us that, to handle it. And right. and I also, when you were saying that, I was thinking about, like, we do take on so much on ourselves. And for me, that big load and burden has been every time Toby goes in the hospital, I feel like it's my responsibility to bring him home again, whole and healthy. And I have my list of outcomes, Amy, that I have in my head (laughs) that I want to happen. And it doesn't always happen that way. And that can be a struggle. I think for me to surrender means remembering that this child and all of my children, and if you're out there and you have one child or you have many, is they don't belong to us. Mm -hmm. They're God's children. He gave them to us. He's lent them to us, just like, you know, Hannah kind of teaches us. And ultimately, you know, he is in control. Just like Sarah, you said that all of our difficulties that our children go through are not a surprise to God. You know, he's not looking the other way. And in actuality, there probably have been ways that he's been preparing our hearts or preparing our kids for those situations. And we just don't realize it yet. And so looking for those ways. So this leads me to another question is, 
how do we allow hope? How do we hold on to hope when we are unsure and afraid? Like I think about Mary and all of a sudden now she is pregnant, very pregnant, and she has to travel all that way. I can't remember what the miles are. I would have to look it up. But she has. they have to go back to Bethlehem. And then she doesn't have even the familiarity of maybe her friends around her, the women who would have been her midwives, you know, to help her. And she has to be terrified. And so I think about that as special needs moms in those crisis situations when we are afraid and how do we hold on to the hope of Jesus? Anybody want take want to take that on? I think that this goes back to surrendering, like with the first question. Um, for me, it's when I am unsure. Okay, so like when we talk about when you talk about Mary and when Mary first found out she was pregnant and she's a virgin. The Bible doesn't have that inner dialogue that she has in her head, you know, right. and those are always the conversations that I like to kind of in my head put into the put into scripture. But, you know, at some point she was like, I can't do this. What is going on? You know, this is going to happen. Jo- you know, Joseph's going to leave me. I'm going to be shunned and all of the things that would come along with that. Um, she didn't know. I mean, she was told yeah, yeah, she would be the mother to the savior of the earth. But, you know, at some point she had to have thought, really? I mean, is that really what's going to happen? I mean, you know, it, I, she wouldn't have had that forethought I in my head, I guess. So ultimately, I think that that would just go back to surrendering. And I think that ultimately Mary had to have said, okay, God, I'm scared. I'm confused. I have no idea what's going to go on or how I can handle it, but I trust you. And that mm-hmm. is that that main part of that surrendering. And so whenever I'm unsure, I think first, th- I, I always like to acknowledge it because it feels like if I acknowledge it, I at least know how to handle it. Or at least it's not a dirty little secret that I have to keep. It's It's acknowledging it and that asking for God to help me. And sometimes it's as simple as, God, I don't think I can handle this, but I know that you can, so you need to guide me. And I I think, too, I've noticed how just three months later, she goes to her cousin and chooses to connect with someone in a similar mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. And I think about our listeners out there and, you know, maybe you don't have someone to connect with and that's why we're here to help you with that. And to, so you have a feeling of connection, but also just to pray that God cares about, he doesn't want you to be in this special needs mom's journey alone and to pray for a friend to come in and to connect with you in that. So Amy, how about your thoughts? Well, let me just add to what you just said, Carrie. And I think part of that is we don't want to admit as special needs moms, we need help. Um, We have this, we've talked about this before, this kind of um, halo around us. And sometimes it's, you get tired of being the person that has all the issues at the table, you know, it's just hard. So you feel needy, you feel needy. Um, We've been on the meal 
train so many times. I know. <laughs> yes. It's like, I don't want food. Thank you. <laughs> My kids can tell you how many times they've had turkey tetrazzini in their life and whose they like. They can rate, rate it. <laughs> anyway, um, my point is we don't want to be vulnerable and tell people that we need help. And I think your point about Mary is so true that she went to her cousin and it was somebody in a similar situation. It wasn't the exact same situation, but it was enough similar that they could connect through that. And the other thing I was going to say about Mary, and we're going to go back to me wanting my own outcomes, is not one thing that she had. If you think about it, it was not just the angel coming and then maybe getting divorced and then all the scorn. It was the travel. And then they went to they went to Egypt and she didn't have her support system. And right. every situation she was in was probably not the outcome she would have and I think as Christians, we're like, well, yeah, but Jesus was her kid, so it probably wasn't that bad. <laughs> but really, <laughs> she still had postpartum stuff. She still had to feed a baby, all those things. So I guess I was thinking about that a little bit. And just once again, it comes back to that um, surrendering. And for me, you know, guys, I like small, small little practices. And I like physical, uh, very tactile kind of ideas to help me understand. And I think about when I want a certain outcome, I am just clutching as hard as I can to a piece of armor. I don't want to let it down. And because I'm afraid of what the outcome is going to be. Um, but those small everyday moments of laying down what we want and giving it to God, it doesn't mean you're giving up. It doesn't mean when you surrender that you're giving up. It just means that you're handing it to somebody who can hold it honestly, because we can't. And for any mom out there who feels that overwhelming feeling, you're going to hand it to God. And yes, you still are going to have to come and deal with whatever special needs issue your child has. But it's so much more peaceful and easier when you hand it to him first. Um, And that's for me, it's the small daily and sometimes even take my special needs kid out of the picture. Sometimes I just need to hand over my own way, my own. Sometimes it's small things in my everyday life that help me when I live, give up that control, it kind of helps me with the bigger stuff. Yeah. I just came across this a little bit, experienced this recently. My son had surgery last week and when the doctor came out, you know, towards the end of the surgery to give me the update, he said, you know, we got to talk about the plan at his next appointment of what we're going to do moving forward. Um, Toby has scoliosis and he has all these rod lengthening surgeries. And of course, just fear struck in me. You know, you feel like you're a little kid again with that. We're going to talk about this when we get home, you know, (laughs) that feeling of dread. And I just had this sense of, I've got to fix this. I've got to know the outcome right now. And the Lord just stilled me and said, no, you don't. Let tomorrow, you know, let today be sufficient. Let tomorrow take care of itself. Your appointment's in a couple weeks. You can find out then. And I would like to think that maybe I've grown a little bit because the old Carrie would have been on the phone the very next day calling Mm -hmm. the nurse wanting to ask the doctor all these questions and wanting to know what the plan was. Mm -hmm. And as the Lord teaches me to continue to surrender the outcomes and to hope in him, Maybe, just maybe, you know, we can take those small steps of surrender with him. And I think, too, that as special needs moms, we have to be on top of everything. We do. You, so to even let go of that and say, like, I'll say to myself a lot of times, okay, this is not mine to carry right now. 
and I'm not going to carry this right now. I have to carry it maybe in 10 minutes or maybe tomorrow or maybe not even for a year. But I, it's that wanting to get all our boxes checked because we don't know when the next crisis is going to happen. Right. So I, that's something I say to myself a lot. This is not mine to carry. It's so good. That, that is, that is a good quote to take away from today. Sarah, do you have any thoughts to add no, it, to that? Uh, well, when Amy said, you know, you're just always preparing for that next crisis, that really struck me just because it's so true. And there's so often that I am so busy preparing for the next crisis. I don't rest in the time between mm-hmm. when I should be resting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm so busy preparing for whatever might come down the road that I, I, I don't take the time that God has provided me to rest. And that's, that was my takeaway from that. And I would add to that, I have a little example of that. You know, our kids that have reactive attachment disorder, our daughter, she would come home from school and it would just be crazy, out of control behavior. So I never knew when she came home, I knew that I couldn't do anything. So I had to, I had to do everything early in the day and I was homeschooling. So I always made dinner at nine o'clock. At nine o'clock in the morning, I'd get it done right then because I knew I never knew what was facing me in the afternoon. And after um, we sent her to residential, I was still doing that. And then one day I went, wait a minute, <laughs> I, I don't have to do this anymore. So sometimes I wonder if we can just look. It was just wonderful to think I can make dinner at five or six or seven. I don't have to make it at nine in the morning. And that was just a little tiny thing that, but I wonder sometimes if we just get in this habit of that kind of high alert if we can't stop and look and go, okay, well, here's something I do that maybe I don't need to be doing right now. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's really good. And I think that kind of leads us into the next question I have. And that is, so one of the definitions I used in my podcast about hope was that, you know, our longings are met. And we know on this earth, not all of our longings are going to be met. But what are some of those prayer requests or longings that have that have been met in your life as a special needs mom and to relate that to our listener how has that what has that taught you about God and the hope that he continues to kind of pour into your heart I I actually think of Amy when you were saying earlier that you always you know the outcome that you want and I think that that is so true, especially like with me in my prayer is whenever I pray, God, I need help handling this disease in mm-hmm. my head. That help is I need you to cure him. And mm-hmm. I need, you know, and while you're at it, if you could just, you know, make the house accessible, of course, then, you know, and then in my head, then this is, <laughs> there's this whole dialogue of, well, if you cure him, then I won't need the accessible house. So in my head, I have, I have this whole long really detailed plan of what that help should be. But when he sends me help, it's in form, uh, you know, the form of like when we traveled um, every 28 days for a couple years, we flew out to the East Coast for a clinical trial. And the help that he provided for me at that time was getting to know the director of the hotel. And so getting, she made sure that the staff knew who we were. And so when we ordered room service, we actually had the chef at one point have somebody call us back and say, we heard he likes fried chicken. We don't serve that, 
but I'd be more than happy I have it on hand. I'll have it on hand for you next time. And so when we would let them know we were coming, we would have trays of stuff in the room just to make his stay a little bit more pleasant. Mm -hmm. And that had nothing to do with my, in my head about the cure. But if I stopped and sat back and realized God's providing all of this help for me, yeah. I, it's up to me to recognize what that help is and to appreciate it. And so, yeah, it's like you're, you're so outcome driven, at least I am, and I don't want to put words into everybody's mouth, but I'm so <laughs> outcome driven that it's like, that's not what I asked for. Yes, it is. That's exactly what I asked for. And he's providing that for me. And so that's what I think my, you know, the blessings and the prayers have been answered. It's just so beautiful that they've been answered in a way that I could never have predicted. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the blessings of all of this, I think, as being the special needs mom in my shoes is that I get to see a side of humanity that most people don't get to see. I get yeah. to see the side of humanity that they're willing to do the fundraisers. They're willing to do the food, you know, the food meal trains. And they're willing to do the chicken tetrazzini for the millionth time. And <laughs> and thank goodness for that. You know, we might not mm -hmm. want it or we might say, that's not what we need. Yeah, it, it really is. So. Yeah. And I think with that, too, one thing I felt like I learned early on with all that is because I'm very independent and I don't want to depend on anyone or be needy is that when I don't allow people step to step in and help, I'm taking away their blessing. Right. I'm taking away their opportunity to be surrendered to the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, to serve someone else. And so I, I can't remember if a friend said it to me or if I heard it from the Holy Spirit, but he said, don't take away their blessing. Don't take that away. So I would love to encourage our listeners to allow people to allow people to serve you when you need it. And don't be afraid to let them also get their blessed because we definitely look most like Jesus when we're serving one another. Yeah. And I think it, I don't know if it was me or not, but I remember on our first fundraiser, I remember I was crying because there was over 300 people that showed up for this 5K. And I remember looking at my mom and I was in tears and I was just like, I feel... I almost felt like a hip, I don't even know if hypocrite's the right word, but I, I just, it just didn't feel right to me. Cause I told her, I'm like, there's so many other people that need this. And you, you know, we weren't in a financial position where we needed that right at that moment. And she, I, I was expecting my mom to have this, you know, well, she was supposed to be my mom. She was supposed to be this caring. I know, sweetie. Oh my gosh, how can I help you? And all I, you know, she was just supposed to be the mom and to really boost me up. And she looked at me and she said, you have no right to take mm -hmm. their God-given responsibility to help you away from them. That is not yeah. your place. That's between them and God. And don't you dare step in. And I was like, oh, well, that's not how that was supposed to go. But it's <laughs> it stuck it's with me. Advice. Yeah, it is. It stuck with yeah. me. And it's like, you're right. It's. It's not up to us to take that blessing away from them. Yeah. Um, I'm going to speak here to the moms who don't have kids with physical disabilities because we don't always have that experience. Yeah. Um, so to the moms out there who have kids with invisible disabilities and behavioral issues, people aren't always falling over to help us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're usually going the other way. <laughs> We're sorry about that. No, so no, no, hard. no, no. But I think this is really important yeah. that for the first thing I want to say to you out there is that God sees you and that you have to be able, 
here's something you need to surrender and not hold is what other people think of you and find your people that you can say, I need help. I remember one of my closest friends said to me, I just, I had no idea. And I thought, how does she have no idea? It's because I didn't tell her. And so I just want, I know how isolating it can be to have kids with um, behavioral issues that people don't understand. So in this, in this situation, what you guys were talking about, there are people that want to step up and help, but you have to let them. And you have to say, okay, um, what if this child loses it and throws a temper tantrum with this person? Well, they only have them for a little bit. They can handle it, right? <laughs> you have to surrender that. And that used to be really hard for me. I would be so worried that they would just be horrible. And for the most part, they weren't because they have attachment disorder. So for other people, they're not, they act um, a little bit better. So anyway, so that's, that's one thing I want to say is that there are people that want to help you. You just have to uh, be willing to tell them what's going on. And I know that's hard, but there are people that want to help you. And I also want to say that, um, Carrie, as you were asking about the hope and how we the answers to prayer. And I have to say, I wish I, I wish this wasn't true about me, but um, so much of the time I focus on what is not that I forget to see what is. And I am learning every day to do that better. And one of the, one of the things that I practice a lot is silence. And Sarah, you were saying, you know, you start your prayer, dear God, help this child. And then you go on your laundry list <laughs> <laughs> this is how I would like for you to help me. Just so you well, every, know. <laughs> yes. It's the laundry list prayer. Yeah. Or in, in our house, you were confused. To, this yeah, is exactly to, the way that I would like for it to happen. In our house, we used to have what we called the tattle prayer. The kid that, the really eager kid that wanted to pray really just wanted to tattle. <laughs> like, please help this sibling of mine who hit me. <laughs> so anyway, sidetrack. I just want to say that one of the things that's helped me a lot is I feel like as special needs moms, there's so much we need to be doing and we need to tell God, God, here's what we need. We need this, 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 and this. But one of the practices, which is so hard for me to do because I'm a doer, is to sit in silence. And I think the silence for me is me being held by God. I'm not mom right then. I'm not. And it's hard to do. I mean, I sometimes I can only do it for a minute. Sometimes I can do it longer. But just thinking of myself being held by God or sitting next to God on the bench or whatever helps me to let go of all my expectations. And then after that, and I mean, the next minute may be terrible, but it may not, you know, you just don't know. But that practice has been something I've consistently done. Um, because some, I won't, wait, I wish I was more half full, but I won't. I will always see the problem first. I'm just kind of a catastrophic thinker. I always have been. So um, that helps me see the good. It helps me be quiet. It helps me think, or not think, actually. It helps me rest. <laughs> so... Anyway, that's... I, I would imagine that that's true for all special needs parents is to take that mm -hmm. moment, but especially those with the hidden disabilities and the behavioral issues is when you can take that moment to be held in silence, mm -hmm. that it's probably even that much more important to learn that. Yeah, and to allow yourself to be cared for. Yeah. Right, which is hard as a mom. And back to looking at what isn't, like there is not a close relationship with the kids with attachment disorder. But I am, and you guys have heard me say this, I am so grateful that I have other children that are, ha are, are attached to me normally mm -hmm. and that um, we have close relationships. So, so you have to... You have to look at the glass half full, I guess, yeah. is what yeah. I'm trying to say, which is not my norm, let me tell you. <laughs> right. You have to look for the things that mm -hmm. 
God has answered and that he mm-hmm. is faithful and provides. So, well, as we close today, I was thinking about this is our last podcast episode for this year of 2020, which is hard to believe. We will be taking a break next week, but we wanted to leave you with some encouragement. And that is what who we are placing our hope in. And that is the person of Jesus. So these are some reminders about who Jesus is from some excerpts. These are spoken from Anne Graham Lott's Just Give Me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. He is enduringly strong. He is entirely sincere. He is eternally steadfast. He is immortally gracious. He is imperially powerful. He is impartially merciful. He is God's son. He is the sinner's savior. He is the captive's ransom. He is the breath of life. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He forgives and he forgets. He creates and he cleanses. He restores and he rebuilds. He heals and he helps. He reconciles and he redeems. He comforts and he carries. He lifts and he loves. Just give me Jesus. He supplies strength to the weary. He increases power to the faint. He offers escape to the tempted. He sympathizes with the hurting. He saves the hopeless. He shields the helpless. He sustains the homeless. He gives purpose to the aimless. He gives reason to the meaningless. He gives fulfillment to our emptiness. He gives light in the darkness. He gives comfort in our loneliness. He gives fruit in our barrenness. He gives heaven to the hopeless. He gives life to the lifeless. That's my king. Just give me Jesus. His office is manifold and his promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is enough and his grace is sufficient. Just give me Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Take Heart. Our prayer each week is for your heart to be encouraged. We are so grateful that you are walking on this journey with us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Take Heart Special Moms, and you can also find us on our new website at TakeHeartSpecialMoms.com. Be sure to visit our site and subscribe to our newsletter. If you have any questions or comments, please follow the links in our show notes. We would love to hear from you. We are taking a break next week, but we will see you back on January 5th, where we will begin a new year.